Hello and welcome back to Crypto Sapiens. I am your host, Humpty Calderon. And today we are chatting with Alex Poon, co-founder of Charmverse. This conversation touches on Charmverse, of course, but it really is a nice introduction to product development in Web3 as well. Alex tells us that they tried like 50 things before they arrived at the product that we see today. He also describes the role that leaders play in nurturing and fostering ideas, as well as building trust in teams. Alex compares Charmverse to platforms like Discord and the improvements that they are seeking to make to enable better coordination and collaboration. In some cases, optimizing for simplicity and speed to help people solve problems more quickly. About the user interface, he describes the importance of creating a beautiful connected experience so that users don't have to go back and forth to different places. Finally, he describes the unified strategy for using Web3 applications like Snapshot on Charmverse. Without further ado, let's get started. This is uh, Alex Poon, co-founder at Charmverse. And um, I, this is my third startup. Um, I started off as a software developer, but then uh, if I tell you a little bit more in earlier in my days, uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, I was living in Hong Kong and uh, we have these uh, track cars uh, where you can like, buy different components and then like, you can change the gear ratio and stuff. I started uh, making my own gears and like burning plastic which is really not a good idea. I'm sure that took a couple of years out of my life. But uh, I started selling those gear sets to, to, to other little kids. So that's sort of my first entrepreneur journey. Um, since then, started uh, studying engineering right out of school, uh, worked for a defense contractor where you put, uh, where we put software that you put on military drones. Um, that's about the most I can tell you about what we did. Um, and uh, after doing that for a while, uh, in 2010, Started my first company uh, in our New York, a business-to-business uh, AI big data company that very specific targeted for publishers, um, particularly for the, the CNN, the Forbes of the world, where we help the editorial team figure out how to like place their own content, uh, A/B test their title, you know, figure out like hey, this story about Donald Trump should go to this part of the page versus this other part of the page, and so on and so forth. Uh, and getting acquired, uh, and then started a second company with the same, pretty much same group of founders, including my current co-founder, uh, CTO Matt, uh, and other AI company, uh, called X.AI, where we help you schedule meetings, uh, over emails, uh, via this human-like, uh, chat bot over email, um, build a team to about 60 people, raise a bunch of capital, and, uh, the company also ended up getting acquired. And uh, when Matt and I got back together in 2020 and started thinking about what we should do next after spending 10 years together, um, we iterated on a uh, redeemable NFT project, and uh, which was great. Uh, we minted a set of uh, NFTs where you can take the NFT and go back to the issuer, which in this case, uh, a bunch of VCs and entrepreneurs in New York that we work with, and uh, let them, you can redeem for whatever the issuer promised in a lot of cases are time, like half an hour Zoom calls or an, an hour of like meeting them in person, so on and so forth. It was great for us to get our hands dirty, writing our first smart contract, uh, but also get us to talk to the various token communities and DAOs, right? Uh, and when we started doing that, I started to realize, wow, 
this uh, this new kind of community, a new way to organize people, had a lot of parallel to how I was thinking about organization. Uh, back at X.AI, uh, I was the COO and running a 60-person organization. And I spent a lot of time thinking about how do we push decision to the edge? How do we really get the team to like autonomously deliver, having a aligned vision, mission, and goals? Experimenting, like letting the whole company vote on like what feature should we de- deploy next, turned out to be not a good idea, by the way. Um, <laughs> which is funny thing in parallel to some of the uh, issues that we see in uh, in, in DAOs today. Um, so, but I still a big believer that what can really help scale that kind of organization is having smart contracts and token and tying these pieces together, and then being able to develop and build these type of organization in a global way and aligning incentives the right way. Um, so super excited to get this journey of Chambers, and uh, here we are. Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot to unpack there, but one of the th- there's two things that I really kind of want to explore. One is that introduction to Web3, right? And I think that was the redeemable NFTs. And the other is this idea of building a team around you that you can trust and continuously build with them, even if it's not on the same project. Like you said, you exited two projects. And so you had a team that you built and trust and who you keep going back to, to do that. So I do want to touch on those two things. So the first one, obviously, as we like to tell stories here from the perspective of the builders and their introduction to Web3, I do want to explore that just a bit Tell me a little bit more, like, was it that you saw NFTs becoming this like um, very desirable thing that was picking up speed and you're like, let me just dabble in it. Was that really your first experience or was it something else? And eventually you saw NFTs kind of becoming what they were. Yeah. So, I mean, this is definitely lead to a downfall of me not maybe not holding, uh, you know, a hundred million dollars worth of ETH. Um, I am not, uh, I wasn't excited about just purely trading tokens as a speculative sports, right? Um, but I remember hearing, I think like Chris Dixon in, in, in a podcast are talking about Ethereum as being more of this worldwide computer that we're building. Um, and it took me a while longer to, cause I was busy doing other things. Um, but as I was exploring the, the third startup, it's certainly like that, that podcast really stuck in my mind and said, you know what? Maybe we should look into this worldwide computer thing and like, what are some of the problems that we're solving? And, and I, it, funny thing is I have always talked, talked to people about how I hated the web to ad driven model, uh, particularly coming from a big data. AI perspective, like I knowing exactly what is optimizing the, the business model drives results and drive the data and all that messed up and misaligned uh, uh, incentive in, in, the, in, the, in those businesses um, really want to find a new way to, to solve those problems. So that's what got me excited about how can we use, you know, this, this new way of blockchains, uh, token, NFTs as a membership to solve some of these issues that we could not solve in Web2. So how did that lead you to Charmverse? Because it's very different, you know, yeah. what you were doing then and the positioning of Charmverse overall. I, I did hear you saying that what that did, though, was an introduction to these DAO communities. 
was it that moment when you saw that DAOs were this new, at least for the Web3 uh, and maybe even some of Web2 uh, way of organizing uh, people and ideas? And how did Charmverse then become an idea or a concept from that? Yeah. So a big part of this is about really trying to learn from uh, users, right, and customers. Mm. So we spent a lot of time. We weren't, we, we weren't dead set on building anything exactly. We just spend our time. Uh, I must have talked to about 50 DAOs before we truly started Chambers. Um, so I really I try to understand, like, what are, what are these DAO people trying to do uh, and me trying to participate in, in, in some of them and even creating one and then observing that and, and, and then talking to people, really understanding, like, what are you trying to do? What are the pain points? And how can, is there a possibility that we can build platforms or systems that actually support those pain points? So, yeah, we definitely take it from the, the needs and pain point perspective and then come to a solution um, versus trying to say, you know what, I think we can build a particular cool things and f- see if we can find a solution for us or see if we can find a customer or user for it. Yeah, that's, that's important, isn't it? When you are developing a product uh, to understand the uh, challenges, the gaps, the needs of the ecosystem, uh, really engaging with the community to understand exactly how you can build something of value that can help them. So it sounds like maybe the discovery of DAOs was only the beginning for you. It was kind of going into that ecosystem and, you know, genuinely engaging with it, you know, with these communities and trying to understand how you could build something that could be uh, useful uh, to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and for, for, for me, it definitely, I've always seen Chambers as in the space of not necessarily get in this category of like DAO tooling, mm-hmm. but that we are in the business of the future of work and future of coordination. That I see DAO perhaps is a V1 of these templates, right? How can we you know, really build a functioning way to organize humans to build interesting things or, or, or work together? Uh, what are those missing pieces? And some of this is using stuff that people had tried before in Web 2 or in ancient Rome. <laughs> um, but then also part of it is learning, like, what are these new capability or new things that we're trying to do? So really trying to find the mashing those, uh, the past in the, in the present. So we've, we've kind of arrived at this understanding that you need to find you know, the, the needs and the value that you can uh, provide to that ecosystem. So what were some of those conversations then that told you, okay, the next thing we're building is Charmers and this is how we're building it? Yeah. So some of the pain points, for example, right? Um, people, I mean, not, not just telling me, but uh, every time I go on Twitter, it seems like, uh, you know, people complaining about, Crypto, I'm so burned out. Uh, I can't keep. Tra- I can't keep track. And then, then you look around. And say, well, how many? How many Discord channel are you? Are you in? Right. Um, and the funny thing is, I remember I wrote like uh, a blog post maybe back in 2013, complaining how like just within our own company, we spend too much time on one Slack instance. Right. 
um, that, that we, we can't spend enough time doing deep work. And we just all have spent all this time just doing messaging. And now I look at everyone in crypto is like, okay, I'm in eight different discord. It's like, how can you possibly think? Well, how can you possibly have time to do anything that is substantial? Um, that's sort of a, a pain point, right? Um, and then, then there's, there are parallel to that. There are solutions in, in Web2 that people have tried and, and, and best practices people have, have invented. Um, so trying to find out those kind of issues are like in coordination and collaboration that, yeah, maybe things don't, shouldn't fit into um, a Discord channel or sh- it shouldn't be in, uh, in text. Um, chatting is, is great. I think conversation like, it def- definitely makes uh, things a lot simpler or a lot a lot faster. Uh, but there are other cases where you need a different interface, an interface that's optimized for the work that you're trying to achieve and the collaboration that you're looking for. And sometimes it's not Discord uh, or it's not uh, some of the, the, the tools that have been sort of currently people use uh, besides Chambers. Yeah. So describe, if you wouldn't mind, for someone who's never seen Charmers. And full disclosure, I use it and I love it. Okay. I'm going to just put it out there right now. I think the product is uh, marvelous. Um, I use, I've used another product that maybe has similar functionalities. And I think Charmverse like blows it out, out of the water. So, and this is a Web2 product. I'm not going to name it here. Um, but for anybody who's not like me, that's a complete nerd and has already you know, dove into the product. Why don't you describe Charmverse for us? Sure. So I would name that product because it's a little bit easier to describe sometimes. Fair um, enough. Some think of us as a, a web-free notion that's open source, right? Now, immediately the question would be like, well, why do we need a web-free versions of this, right? Uh, what we're trying to solve, again, back to um, first principle is... How do we help community manage membership, reward the work and help them collaborate and then help them govern and, and, and work together, right? And then at the same time, building up the, the uh, facilitators identity and, 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 and sort of web free LinkedIn, uh, if you might. So even though you, and, and for, for all that to happen, you need the base set of functionality of uh, sort of web two like collaboration, just being able to write a doc, being able to track tasks. Yes. But where our special power come from is that being able to pull in these web three capabilities and serving web three uh, communities. So being able to log in with your, with your wallet or discord ID, um, control access based on the NFT holdings or, or token holdings that you have makes a match thing. So, you know, you get a, you can unlock the space by holding one DAO token, but then you get a engineering role if you hold 20 DAO token plus the engineering entity. Being able to control the, the roles and access that you have within our workspace uh, automatically uh, based on, based on holdings. Um, and then if you are tracking tasks, building, you know, building work together, if you want to turn some of these tasks into bounties to engage your, your community, we allow you to do that. If you want a creative best practices on how to create and get the community involved in proposal, cre- proposal creations, uh, we help you do that. And then finally, bringing a membership directory so that the, the community can get, really get to know each other, 
above and beyond what POAP do you have? And uh, what the, what is the PFP that look like? You know, we want to facilitate some of those things on like um, who's interested in these things? What kind of skill sets do you have? Some of these will be on-chain. Some of these will be through uh, verifiable, verifiable credentials. Some of those will be off-chain, right? So helping the community really come together is what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's a wonderful description. So why don't why don't you tell me some of the feedback you've had so far? So you are a couple of DAOs are already using this product. Um, I know probably even some smaller projects who are not reporting it, right, or or not as uh, as as uh, large as others um, are using it. What's some of the feedback that you're getting from these communities and these individuals, both from a comparison to something that exists? like a Web2 alternative like Notion and something that, you know, in terms of like the actual Web3 integrations that or, or kind of opportunities that are presented to them. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually have uh, thousands of workspaces uh, currently in our system. Um, although we, we do primarily focus on serving smaller community as a start um, so that uh, we typically don't have too many like really big DAOs uh, on, our, on our platform. Uh, except a few, uh, so like Orange Dow is using us. Um, we are in the middle of this is podcast. So I'm not going to say the ones that are we. It's not public yet. Um, and then yeah, but we do have some of the larger DAOs that are um, using our product as well. Um, but yeah, certainly our focus is on the smaller DAOs. But to answer your original question, um, it mirrors what you said, right? It is this: we need to bring the experience that people need that they come to expect from software. So people need to find this collaboration platform easy to use, that they just understand, that it's, it, and it just solves their problem quickly. You don't have to go through a long tutorial. You don't have to be an engineer and write some code for you to actually use this. Um, for most people, they can just self-serve and start using it and start finding value uh, almost right off the bat. So that's a certainly some of the really early feedback that we've gotten. Um, and at the same time, it's about specific functionality. So that all of a sudden, that, I mean, I think one of the first wow moments is that you have this beautiful, easy-to-use workspace, but then it's token-gated. So that like, it fits really nicely with sort of the immediate membership value that um, most community want to bring to the table. Is that, oh, I can just immediately get started People can just set up the, the, the contract and then all of a sudden people can start using it right away without any kind of admin. Uh, but then they're, they're creating document, tracking tasks as if they're in a different tool. Uh, they, they don't have to like relearn the, uh, the experience. You used a, a, a phrase there that I want you to explore a little bit more with me. You said wow moment. I don't hear that often, but I know what you mean. Describe to me what a wow moment means to Charmverse and why everyone should be kind of considering that when they're creating a product. Yeah. So it used to be that, like, you know, if you just build something, some free software, uh, people will use it, right? But I think that to, in today's world, you know, there's infinite number of software, Web 2, Web 3, doesn't matter. And what's really limiting factor of, of, of growth or of any kind of uh, consumer excitement, customer excitement is that, is that people caring about, about what you have, but they don't have a lot of time. They actually have like very, very little time. And so if you can't 
show them when they first log on to your software as quickly as possible. And we're talking about tens of seconds, right? I'm not talking about minutes and definitely not days. How do you get to the part where someone go, you know what? I would do this instead of going back to scrolling TikTok or whatever, right? So I think like that's, the, that's what we're competing against is people's attention. And, and that bar just get higher and higher every day with better and better software and better, better product out there. Doesn't matter if it's Web 2 or Web 3. It's all the same. Yeah, I would say for me, I would agree. I think the, everything from the landing for the website is beautiful. Um, being able to log in with my Web3 wallet, that was my wow moment. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly easy to please maybe just because I like native integrations of Web3 into the products that I use every day. Um, I remember when I was excited about Discord doing that, and then they just pulled back away from that, you know, kind of uh, milestone uh, that, that they were setting for themselves. Um, so when I was able to log in with my Web3 wallet on Charmverse, I was like, okay, here we go. I, firstly, I'm going to start exploring this thoroughly because I want to use this over Notion because of that. But then as I continued to use it, and as friends of mine who were more experts in this application were using it and sharing all these updates, I'm like, oh man, like I do that with Trello. Okay, now I could do it here. Oh, I do that on Notion. Now I could do it here. It was becoming my home base and taking away this like fractured uh, environment that I was working in previously with these Web2 apps and doing everything within Charmverse. So to me, one was signing in with my Web3 wallet. The other was being able to do a lot of what I already did across a variety of platforms under one application. And then being able to share this with teams. I thought that was really amazing. So, you know, that was my wow moment, I suppose. <laughs> that, that's, that's awesome to hear. And, and actually, that is a big piece of uh, our product philosophy, right? That we want to deliver this unified experience across multiple use cases that are that our users and members um, can can do without pushing them to all the different places or like sending to different apps. Now, I think what's a major difference between us and some other Web two tools is that we want to power those moments and those uh, experience with Web three protocols and Web three platforms, right? So we take a very highly partnership approach to building the software because I think like that's what makes us different. And, and being truly like more Web3 native uh, to the community. Mm. Tell me about those partnerships, because we're starting to lead into another part of the conversation that I'm excited to have with you. Um, but I think this is kind of helping us get there. So tell me about partnerships and what that means in terms of how you've just described it. What is it that partnerships present to a Web3 product like Charmverse? that may not be so accessible or even doable at all with a Web2 platform. Right. So yeah, let's take some use cases uh, specifically, right? Um, for bounties, being able to pay people. We certainly could have built our own and that you know when you have completed a task that we get you to, to pay the other person um, and you all within the Chamber software. But instead, we much rather to be working with and connecting, uh, integrating with uh, Nosa Safe, so that a lot of our users already use a multi-sig wallet on multi, uh, in Nosa Safe. So it is both beneficial for our users not having to move away from 
a tool they trust, particularly when it comes to paying. Uh, but then also getting that, again, unified experience so that they don't have to leave the application um, to conduct their work, right? Um, similarly, for um, we have a proposal builder uh, capability, so to give you a guided experience of like the construction of a of a DAO proposal or a um, or a uh, you know voting for initiative, etc. Again, we you, you could vote at the end uh, in app, but we let you in a seamless manner send the proposal to snapshot, right? So that again, it reduced the friction of people who are used to or who are more comfortable in having snapshot as a as their voting uh, system or system of record but we want to provide a beautiful experience so that um, the the proposal that you voted on you can see it on chambers is the results is already shown on chambers and it's linked to is linked to snapshot so you can always have that record if you want to see it on snapshot that's okay um, but it is providing this kind of back and forth and, and really connected experience so people so so our users and members don't have to like go back and forth all the different places yeah there's something to be said about that unified experience um it almost sounds like there's a discoverability to these applications within charmverse as well that i think other uh ecosystem partners would appreciate the fact that anyone that's coming into charmverse can also find ways to uh utilize uh like snapshot for instance for governance um, you know, or, or any other application for uh, incentives and remuneration. So I think that's incredible. So let's, let's, let's start going into the other part of the conversation that we talked about briefly, um, you know, before this call that I think is quite interesting. Uh, and you framed uh, kind of this conversation from the lens of exploring development from a protocol perspective and an application perspective. And my comments to you were, I think a lot of Web3 projects really put the protocol first and there's very little attention or conversations being had about the application uh, and the way that people can interact with your product. And it seems like maybe Charmverse is doing it the other way around. So can you describe maybe first that philosophy of like maybe application first and then we yeah. can maybe explore the the way that Charmverse uh, is doing it. Yeah, um, I, I remember particularly when we started Charmverse about a year ago. Um, again, on, on crypto Twitter specifically, there's just this really almost disrespect to the uh, to the front end. You know, like we're all building protocols. Front end is might as well throw it away. Like it's it's completely unimportant as long as the, you get the protocol right. It's all you need. And again, coming from a non-Web3 uh, background before, that didn't make sense to me. Uh, to us, like we, we need to serve the users. The, us the users do need to interact with, uh, with the software. And that, that UI UX is so important. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of the Web3 capabilities are important too, but they, they're both important. So for us, uh, as we observe a lot of protoc protocol being built, we figured that, you know what, a better strategy for us uh, is, is and, and I think the, the our communities are barely needed, is a application that sort of integrate and pull together all these different protocols to serve our users properly. Mm. So that's, that's how we approached it. 
Ah, that's wonderful. And I mean, it shows, right? When you have, I think, like you said earlier, something that gives that wow moment to the person that's walking in for the first time, they look around and they're like, wow, someone really took the time and and care to develop something that I wouldn't just find interesting, but find useful uh, almost immediately, right? And it's about presenting that product and its features uh, in that way. Based on what you've just described, you know, in the way that Charmverse has built with this application-first perspective that has created a wonderful experience for, for anyone who is using the application for the first time um, and continue using it, what would be your recommendation for someone who may be out there right now building a product and is conflicted whether to build, you know, something from a protocol perspective or protocol first uh, development where they're featuring the complexity and the richness to the way that it was developed or to do so from maybe uh, something that is presenting the application and user experience first? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, yeah, continue want to make sure that uh, that comes through, right? That I have tremendous respect to all the protocol builders out there. Uh, I think that's, that's what makes a lot of, you know, Web3 special, right? That being able to have these building blocks to enable completely new experience, new experience, experience and, and things that we can do, right? Without the protocol, then this is, you know, another Web2 apps. So that's important. But as you think about building protocols, um, I think it is important to think about, again, the end users. What does that mean, right? How is, this per- how is that person eventually going to interact with your protocol? Maybe, yeah, it's, it's going to be through a layer of applications or multiple applications. But thinking through that value chain, how that would happen, I think that's super important. And I'll give you a concrete example. Um, I think so now I get, oftentimes, once a month, uh, I get someone who is building a, a messaging protocol uh, asking if we would be interested in integrating that into Chambers, right? We would like to. Um, so I would love to have a, a Web3 email. But there's no, it's, it's, it is not Chambers' position to push an a email account, a Web3 email account to our users. Um, so, so the protocol has to do that, right? Uh, and if you can't do that, then it's very difficult as a go-to-market to get this, uh, you know, Web three email or blockchain-based email uh, working when when you have, when, you, when you know again a single fax machine is completely useless. Uh, but then when you have you know millions of fax machines, then people are faxing each other. So th- you gonna have to think through that. Like, how are you going to go to market with this really cool protocol that you're building? How is that going to get to the hands of the of, of the user um, and, and what's the path going to be yeah so that's that's great so let's let's look at that now from the lens of the builders themselves so one of the things you said early was in terms of you and your team is you've actually been able to build with these individuals for some time you have experience you have trust even I would imagine uh, with these people so that you can uh, build in ways that are collaborative and almost uh, maybe uh, reflexive, right? Like you do something and that person then kind of reacts automatically because you have that experience working together. Maybe describe to us the value of that, of developing with peers who you know and trust and maybe even who you've built with uh, previously. 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first of all, um, my past two startups have been built out of a singular location, New York City, right? And we totally changed the model for Chambers. That Chambers is fully distributed, uh, and we work with our team is across the globe. From being in Denver, my my, my co-founders in Denver, and uh, we have we have team members in in Maine, but also in Poland, in Ro and in uh, Romania, in Egypt, uh, you name it. So we are truly a, a ten-person global organization, right? Um, but it is really important to build out that trust uh, and and then creating commission uh, communication mechanism that worked because just because we are distributed doesn't mean that doesn't change the nature of work, right? That it is particularly when you look at some of these medium uh, on say like discord or, or some kind of text is so it is a fast and async asynchronous communication, but a lot of times things like emotion or intention don't come through properly. You say something or maybe even a, uh, you know, a GitHub comment, right? Uh, or someone, someone comment on your pull request. It's so easy to assume bad intent, to assume that the other person is a jerk. Not because, you know, or just because it's just, you read a text or maybe you're having a bad day um, and someone wrote a line, you know, critiquing your work, your baby, you know, things that you spend two days building. And it's so easy if you don't have that trust. You don't, you don't assume good intention. You don't assume that we are working as a team with a shared vision, that we just want the output to be better. We just want to help you to be a better human being, to, for you to be a better employee, a better friend, so on and so forth, right? And that all comes down to like just fundamentally building that trust. Um, right now, we are um, in Bogota uh, attending DevCon. Um, and part of it is that there yeah, are five of us on the team are all staying in the same Airbnb. Part of it is, is that, yeah, we get to sp spend some time with, uh, with the ecosystem and the community together. But part of it is to be able to sit together, have a meal, drink coffee together. Those moments makes it special and, and kind of build you up that uh, trust credit along the way so that next time, maybe when I say something unintentionally jerky, um, hopefully, you know, on the other side, someone will go, you know what? He seems like a real human being uh, when I saw him in, in person. So maybe he didn't mean that. And I think like that that's so important to build that trust. I like that. I mean, you basically are describing the human element of it all, which I think sometimes can be easily lost in the Web3 space because it's very virtual, right? It's global. Um, and the technology that we're working is quite abstract, right? It's not as, you know, kind of clear maybe as some of the traditional Web2 development. And so because of that, we can get lost in that um, kind of idea of this not being a very human experiment and human development. So I appreciate that. So as we wrap up, there's a question that I ask everybody. Um, and so you've, if you've heard some of the latest podcasts, maybe you've prepared. Um, but if not, it's okay. I like these questions to be answered, um, you know, really organically, naturally, how you're feeling at the moment. And, you know, this is a very human experience itself, too, Crypto Sapiens. It's a, it's a podcast about the human story, 
from the d- developer's perspective, the builder's perspective, but also the human story from the people that are listening to it, who are crypto curious, maybe haven't taken that leap yet. So the question is, what or who has been influential to you in your own crypto journey? Particularly my crypto journey. You know, I would say um, overall my experience uh, coming through the Alliance Accelerator, which it is actually multiple people, uh, from from Chow to to Will Robinson to Imrat to uh, um, and a few others. Um, but I think they have been just extremely generous in helping a Web two founders um, understand some of the nuance uh, of Web three. Uh, and you know, kind of bring some of this knowledge and open up their network um, to to a starting chambers, and I think that was certainly a a, a level jump uh, in in our journey, being part of the uh, the Alliance Accelerator. And that's a wrap. To learn more about Alex and Chambers on Twitter, you can find them as Alex Poon underscore HK and Chambers. And please don't forget to like and subscribe this podcast wherever you're listening to this. Uh, That really means a lot to us. And give us a five-star review. It really does allow for more people like you to discover this content. And if you want to listen to more content like this one, you can go to our website at cryptosapiens.xyz. Until next time, stay brainy.